Hey guys, welcome back to Tiffany Tune Up, podcast in which today may or may not be very interesting as I (laughs) am recording for you all on my lunch break at work. Never done that before. Why you ask? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, first of all, I work at the type of place where there literally is no such thing as privacy. I don't have an office. I have a space. Um, I can't even call it a cubicle. Um, I work in an area. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. I So the area I work in, even when I put up my nice laminated lime green, I'm on lunch sign, people will walk up to me anyways and just really give zero of the fucks as to why they shouldn't be talking to me at this present moment while the sign is up that I work so hard on. It's so visible and yet here you all are bothering me. Um, the reason that I am uh, doing this uh, episode in the car is because, you know, let's, you know, Virgos, people like to hate on us. Even the universe knows. The universe can hear things and those opposing uh, factors mm-hmm. against us wonderful Virgos. Uh, people be trying it, y'all. That being said, uh, the initial podcast was about... Uh, none other mainly about uh, the, than the queen uh, herself, Miss uh, Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, and the recap of the homecoming um, Netflix special. And so I recorded a full hour for you all of my antics. And guess what? There were glitches and glotches and it was speeding up, um, so the app I was using was kind of acting up, y'all, and I was a little upset about it, but then I said, you know what, I'm going to do my due diligence, and instead of making you guys wait all the way until next Wednesday, especially since I was sick the last episode, and you guys had to wait, I'm going to use my lunch break to hopefully uh, recount all the things that I previously talked about um, before I noticed that there were glitches. Now, that being said, y'all, do you know how hard it is being me? Like I can, I could never recount everything exactly the way I said it. And you guys know that I try to be my authentic self, so I won't try to verbatim it. <laughs> but hopefully, I remember the things in order, um, and so you guys can, you know, get the full Monty um, on my spiel and um, catch you guys up what's going on with me. So I'm actually in the car. It's uh, actually a decent day today. It's uh, Wednesday. Uh, April the 24th and um, people will walk up to me so if they do it's just going to be random guests on a podcast today (laughs) so bear with me because I have to have these windows cracked because it is hot in the car Um, that being said let me do uh, the weekend rewind for you guys so over the weekend let's see where can we start with Friday so last Friday was good Friday hallelujah and um Therefore, I got a half day, but got paid a full day and decided y'all can keep that time and a half. I will not be staying the full eight hours just to get an additional, you know, time and a half. 
I will take this half day and go on about my business since a half day for me means I get off at 10 a.m., which is when most people are just kind of arriving to work. But that is also because I have to be at work at 6 a.m. So um, that sacrificial lamb of uh, um, <laughs> getting up that early in the morning, um, but it, it allowed me to be off at 10 a.m., which allowed me to then take my dearest, dearest cousin um, in the whole wide world, who is more like an aunt, like based on age, um, we have like a, a huge age gap between us. But she is technically my cousin because she's my dad's niece. So um, she had her 63 years of living on this earth celebration. And so we went to breakfast, her and her boo daddy, which is, um, I guess, my cousin-in-law. They're, they're like common law, y'all. Like, they refuse to get married in their 60s. They are not with the shits. Um, so um, I've asked them multiple times, like, when are you guys going to get married, Boonie? I affectionately call her Boonie. And Boonie's like, mm, when the government get out of our business and we don't have to be taxed to be in love. And I said, you know what, girl? That's why I fucks with you, Boney, because you just keep it real. So basically, she's like, we're together. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, we don't want the government in our business. So there will be no marriage. And I'm not mad at her. <laughs> not mad at her at all. So um, took them to breakfast for her birthday. We had a great time. And then I went to visit my parental units um, because it was kind of in the area per se. And well, you know, by parental units, I mean half of them, which was my dad. Um, because my mom, you know, if you can catch her ever at home or ever get her to answer her phone, it's a good day. Um, so <laughs> went to visit my dad, uh, went to take him lunch and um, kicked it with him for a minute. Uh, my brother, older brother happened to be there, kicked it with him as well for a minute and then um keeping in the theme of updating you guys with the progress on the ep uh that i'm working on the mixtape i went and uh looked at studio that i am considering using for the project um was recommended highly to me by uh, one of my trusted homegirls, Miss Idea, uh, one of my favorite singers. And not just because she's my homegirl, she actually can sing, y'all. Um, check her out, too. She's on um, all the platforms, um, iTunes and Spotify. And um, you can Google her, honey, I-D-E-E-Y-A-H. Idea is her name. And um, you will not be disappointed. Um, recommended uh, by her. And so I went to check the studio out. And lo and behold, the studio is like down the street um, from where I grew up. Literally like a five minute or less drive. Um, and so I thought that was kind of cool in a way that it felt very right. Um, it, it felt very like I was at home because it's in my hood. Like, it's in the neighborhood I grew up in. And honestly, so I'm from Detroit. I Well, you know, y'all know. Um, but I grew up in the area of Detroit. If you've ever seen 8 Mile with uh, Eminem in it. And um, my homegirl, Corona, shout out to Corona, um, is in it as well. Um, I saw I grew up in the area of where you live. The side of the street that I live on is Detroit. But when you cross the street, you're in a suburb called Warren. If you go down a little further, you're in a suburb called Hazel Park, like on that same side of the street. So basically, I grew up not too far from where Eminem 
grew up in the little trailer park um, homes that he grew up in. So it's really weird. It's kind of like divided <laughs> right there because you could literally be in Detroit and then do a Michigan left and then be in a whole nother city um, on the opposite side of the street. So it's super crazy um, that way. And so that is where the studio is located. And I, you know, went in, did a tour. Um, the engineer, um, he, he gave me a tour. Um, and it just, y'all, it, I, I can't say it enough. It felt good. It felt right. I feel bad because I definitely talked that man to death. Um, <laughs> I talked him to death as if I was like, you know, right now, sir, you have to be an engineer slash psych psychologist, counselor. I just need you to listen. I don't really need advice as much as I need you to listen. And um, I guess my goal was just kind of unraveling my nerves and kind of letting him know what it is that I'm looking to do, what I'm looking to achieve, what I hope to get out of the project. And, you know, this is my first major project, like self-funded, um, you know, self-motivated. I mean, well, you know, I had some conversations that led me here but you know what I'm saying like just really me stepping out on uh faith and knowing that I have something that the world should hear the world I believe needs to hear and that you know hopefully people want to work with me and and want me to write for them and um I'm really excited but also nervous so I talked that man to death for a while and um luckily he was amazing about it and after we got done talking guys you know what I went on ahead and I put down a payment for the first block of studio time. Um, I could not have been more nervous and excited and emotional. It was definitely an emotional roller coaster, Vivian Green. It was definitely Carl Thomas style. I'm emotional. Yeah, listen, hey, listen, and I can't let go. So it was a lot. Um, I saw after I left, um, I felt uh, empowered. I felt like I did the right thing in that moment. I didn't want to prolong it. I didn't want to talk myself out of it. And so here we are. That is the progress on the EP. Um, Got to talk to one of my mentors um, actually Monday, but this is a part of the weekend rewind. So, you know, it's fine. Um, Whom, man, she had been a big influence to me in high school sing like a songbird her and all of her sisters my goodness the whole family can sing um Gwen Nation so shout out to you Gwen Nation for agreeing to uh be on the project um y'all she y'all I can't wait till y'all hear her voice she's amazing um so we got to kick it Monday but I'm getting ahead of myself we'll move forward um so after I felt empowered in that way um, I have some free time Friday. I didn't have any plans. And I said, you know what? This would be a really great day to get into Homecoming, um, the Netflix special with Beyonce, the queen, Buzz Buzz. And so as emotional as I was, you can imagine that my heart said that, girl, you need to eat your feelings. So go get something that will make you um, feel like you're comforted. Um and so I did. So I went to everybody in a mama know um, that the best Chinese food place on the east side of Detroit is Kwantung Inn. It's not up for debate. We're not going to argue about it. It is on 8 Mile, and I don't know the cross street because I grew up over there. Um, I just know how to get there. But it is like, we call it the Red Hut because the whole building is red, and it's like a red and yellow sign, but the whole building is red. And it's like, 
next to a gas station, next to the Sunoco, um, right there. So y'all know what I'm talking about, the Red Hut. It was Kwantung Inn. There was no Chinese food on the east side that is better than them. And I be mad, y'all, because I'm allergic to shellfish, which is so depressing, which I talked about before on, like, I think the New Orleans episode, because imagine being in New Orleans and can't eat not a seafood boil. It was so depressing. I was depressed, but I ate everything else I could. Um, I'm just going to start carrying an EpiPen around because I'm very tired of not living life's rewards. I'm upset, and I be wanting what y'all be eating, and... Also, when I eat sushi, I have to eat all the boring sushi. It's delicious, but still boring because I literally can only order. Like, I know my whole order by heart every time. It's either salmon rolls or some type of tempura, maybe with chicken, um, any any type of fish that is not a shellfish. So yellowtail tuna or spicy tuna. But it's never, you know, anything that involves crab. Most, You know, most places they'll use imitation crab. So I'm going to start asking because I'm very tired. Of missing out on the great things in life because I'm allergic. Like, I'm not about to let an allergy stop me from being great, y'all. So, if you see me at the seafood buffet, if you see me eating crab legs and you know I'm allergic to shellfish, mind your business unless you see that I need medical attention because nine times out of ten, I've already taken a Zyrtec and or um, stabbed myself with the EpiPen because I'm just tired. I'm not going to let these limitations hold me back. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, I got home, I watched the special, and we're going to get into that soon. So Saturday, I had the experience of finally going, because I didn't get to go last year, and this has been going on for a few years now, uh, with my homegirl, Prilly. Shout out to you. Happy belated, girl. Um, Prilly, her birthday was uh, this past uh, week and or weekend we celebrate it and she does something called Prilly Cella which is a nod to Coachella obviously and she goes to one of Detroit's uh, oldest and um, most noted jazz clubs and um, it's a bar jazz club restaurant it's a whole situation it's huge Burt's is like great everybody even if you've never been if you're from Detroit you know Burt's and it's in the historic Eastern Market um, and so Burt's does karaoke on Saturdays, and so that is what um, she decided to do. And one thing I like about Eastern Market is I was definitely like trying to figure out what I should bring her or give her or add to the festivities for the birthday. Because I, one thing I'll say about my mom, she has taught me a lot of graciousness like how to be a good host and how and things that I didn't even realize until I became an adult um how to set a table like how to welcome your guests like you know and and definitely she's taught me never to show up anywhere empty-handed like even to the point where she's like you got to get a car you need a car and I I'm actually in my adult older years decided that I don't have time to be buying personalized cards I really don't it's a lot <laughs> um but I'd never show up anywhere empty-handed especially in regards to like a, a celebration even if I walk in the door and I have done this multiple times I will cash up you on my way through the door to your event um because I just don't have a lot of time to shop or energy or or thought <laughs> but I'm not going to ever come and leave and you didn't receive something from me so that being said walking through the eastern market they have all types of treats and gifts and doodads in which I could uh stop and get her or something on the way 
into Prilly Chella, into Bert's Soul, stopped at this bakery who, huh, their baked goods are so delicious. Um, I forget their name, honestly, but the Eastern Market has so many vendors. Um, I would never remember. I would have to really ask them every time. But I was able to get some really, really cute uh, little cupcakes and then walk over to Bert's. So that was like stress free for me. <laughs> and I was happy that people enjoyed them. I didn't get to get one um, before I left y'all, but it's okay because definitely didn't need one because I had festivities after after and we'll we'll move on to those in a minute. So get to Prilly Chella. Love Prilly. Prilly is such a socialite. She is, I really tell her all the time she needs to start a lifestyle blog or like a Detroit something, uh, her own podcast because she knows where all the cool things are and all the cool people are. And I just think it's hilarious. So every time I see her or every time she tweets, she's like at spots I've never even heard of. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Um, she looks super cute. She had a cowgirl fit on y'all. And then she brought accessories for the rest of us in which were, um, I'll call them old town road theme. We definitely were in the cowgirl cowboy spirit. I love how her friends participate. Um, so we had like hats and we had the bandanas to go around our necks and we really were, really were in theme and it was great. And like every, every time somebody put a hat on, I was just sitting there like, I'm gonna take my horse down that old road. I'm gonna ride till I can't Like, I really, I really just wanted us all to like break out in the song, but because I don't know the whole song, I would have been looking like the eye man out. And so, but that's how I felt. It was really great. Um, in regards to the karaoke, I just got to take a sidebar and just say some things real quick because they really vexed my little spirit. <sighs> so I was there maybe all of two hours, y'all. Had a drink, was having a good time. Um, so being from the city and and with the way the state of things or the way things are going now, um, a lot of us uh, non-affectionately call it the new Detroit or, you know, the gentrified Detroit because, you know, which is happening in a lot of urban cities. So it's not just Detroit, but this is my home. And so I can speak on it. Um, a lot of changes, a lot of gentrification of a lot of changes that don't benefit the people who have been here, born and raised and grew up here and worked here and raised children here all their life. Um, because they can't afford to be a part of the changes that are happening. So on one hand, you kind of feel away because businesses are popping up, things are popping up, but they're popping up at rates and at costs that people who've been here forever can't afford. And so people are losing their businesses, p businesses that have been around staples in the community and it, it is heartbreaking on the other hand the new businesses that are coming in yeah they provide employment opportunities per, per se but so did the businesses that you guys pushed out so it's kind of um really it's a it's a tug a, a tug of war of the heart and the feeling so with that being said there's a lot of new comers that come along with gentrification and by newcomers I mean people of non-color non-people of color um and it is interesting to see um places that were solely or for the most part 
ours, people of color. Um, and by ours, I just mean that, that we're our stomping grounds, places where we could feel safe and totally 100% be our authentic selves, which people of non-color, if you're listening to my podcast, welcome, welcome. But I'm always going to speak the truth and I'm always going to be honest uh, about my feelings as a person of color. And it is very important, as you can see, the state of our um, world nation, our quote unquote leader um, of this free world in quotation marks, um, all the, the, the hatred and the things that are going on. It's very important for people of color to have places where they feel safe, places where they can hang out, places that are only for us, where we don't have to share where we because that's all we do. We are always expected to share and include and be inclusive. But why? Why is that an expectation? Because we deserve spaces where we can be ourselves and wear our hair and not be questioned about our hair and nobody trying to touch our hair and ask us weird questions about shea butter and olive oil and um, that type of thing. There are places where we had, you know, those experiences and there are a few, there are far and few left. Um, most of them are on the outskirts of the downtown, of our, in the actual city, um, because a lot of our places that are downtown or midtown are being, um, oh, I hate to use the word infiltrated, but infiltrated. And <laughs> um, people are getting hip or getting known to them. And so they are no longer for us solely. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird because I, I start going to Burt's when I was... I want to say I was 21 and I was dating this hoe. Um, I'm sorry, I had a um, thing in my throat. Um, This guy I was dating, um, he was a little older than me, like nine years my senior. And he, of course, his old ass, hoe ass, would probably take all his females there or whatever, women there. I hate the word female, by the way, but his women there. And so I was no exception to the rule, I'm sure. But at the time when we were dating, he would take me to births and births. I just remember it being very black, very music-wise, um, jazz. Uh, the food was amazing. Customer service was amazing. Drinks were amazing. And so to see it now not be, or to see it mixed congregation, it's, it's weird. It's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. And it is... Um, Really, really just, um, it's something, you guys. I I will say that. It's definitely something. So, um, that being said, here's the thing, people of non-color. I have friends that are people of non-color. I'm not that, you know, I'm not trying to be that girl like, oh, yeah, I'm not racist. I have um, friends that are black. like, (laughs) But I do, I have friends that are of non-color. I have you know, friends that are, you know, not of a brown people ethnicity. So this, if you could pass this along to your aunts and your uncles and your your grandparents and your friends, your cousins. Um, karaoke for some of us, most of us, a lot of us, first of all, in Motor City, in Motown is a serious thing because we can sing. Like, literally every other person in the city can sing, y'all. So, when we get up on that stage, baby, that's our stage. We are there to perform. We are not there to kiki and uh, kick the bubbles with your ass. Like, we are up there performing. And I know because even though I have a performing arts background, 
everybody in Detroit can sing. I'm t- y'all, I'm telling you, literally every other person. So if you hear somebody that sound halfway decent or really, really great, I promise you they've been practicing that song all their life. I promise you they was practicing it all week before they got up there and signed up for it. So like to them, this is their platform. This is their show. They have come to entertain and that's that. With that being said... It gets for me a little weird or uncomfortable, and at least for me, and I don't know if I'm speaking for anybody else, but when your friends, when you guys get inebriated, because we all, you know, have potential to act, you know, a little bit outside ourselves when we are under the influence of anything that alters our state of being, Um, but Sometimes for people of non-color, y'all privilege in quotation marks starts to slip out. Um, Your entitlement starts to slip out. And this is me trying to help y'all because one day it's going to slip out on the wrong person. And then y'all going to swear that everybody's rude and everybody's trying to attack you and yada yada when in real life you hopped up on the stage while somebody was performing you tried to grab their mic (laughs) you tried to sing along or you tried to grab the spare mic and then do a duet that nobody asked you to do nobody invited you up nobody said hey come up here and join me y'all gotta stop that y'all gotta stop that y'all gotta cut it out because that's not gonna work in y'all favor sometimes and the next time you're at karaoke and you feel um Jubilant, and you feel excited, and you feel like you want to uh, get out there and do your thing. Sure, why not? There is a stage. Um, there is um, area for you to do that. Most karaoke places have, you know, areas for you to be yourself, dance, whatever you want to do. But the, where you're getting out of line, or where you get out of line, is you know. Um, trying to grab the mic, trying to standing really close to the person performing, dancing with the person performing, unless they invite you to do so, chill. At least on me, because if I'm up there doing karaoke and you walk up on me and I'm performing uh, and I take it seriously or whatever, even if I'm just having fun and I didn't invite you, you're invading my space. Honestly, have fun, but not over here. Like, because <laughs> that, that's an invasion of space, to be honest. Although we're all having a good time and nobody's saying nobody can have a good time. But what we are saying is just be aware and don't check yourself. Like, do a self-check. Like, if you feel like you're invading somebody's space, that's not okay with everybody. So let people live. So that being said... Other than those little observations, karaoke was fun. <laughs> I don't know, it was cool to see um, everybody kind of get up there and do their thing. Um, and so I had a meeting. I had to kind of leave a little early, but Pearly Cello was fun. And my meeting got canceled, and I was kind of sad. But lo and behold, one of my work wives had to work that weekend, and work is not far from where I was, so we linked up, y'all, and we went to lunch. And it was a great time. And we had probably more than our share of margaritas that we should have, but it was celebratory. You know, we were talking about the EP, and we were talking about her goals and all that. So, you know, margaritas were to be had, and I don't regret any of it, by the way. Um, but that being said, man, I got home. It was around seven. Y'all, I was sleeping at eight. Oh, I called my homeboy. Shout out to uh, my homie, 
uh, down south, and he, we talked for like two seconds, and I was like struggling. <laughs> I was struggling through that conversation, and he was just laughing at me because he knew I was going through it. And he was just like, um, go to bed, ma'am. And I was like, sure, why not? So did that, um, and I was out of that thing, y'all. So that was Saturday. Um, Sunday then was Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, hallelujah. And um, you know what? I decided to stream church Sunday. I decided to stream church Sunday. I did not actually go um, to the house, but I just streamed in my home. And that was that. Um, And then I uh, did laundry, y'all. Oh, real quick. Let's talk about it. Listen, y'all laundry. So I woke up because I went to bed so early. I woke up, it had to be like 7 in the morning, okay? So, of course, now I'm sitting here like, oh, this is prime time to do laundry because nobody's up. So, I get up, I start doing my laundry, y'all. All All is going well. And at some point, I decide that I'm going to not keep running back and forth because the you know the washers run at like a 30 minute and then a dryers run at an hour and so y'all the uh, they lime i don't know if y'all can hear this line more stressing me out but it's hot in the car i have to have the windows down and they decide the one day that i want to actually do the podcast in my car we're gonna go ahead and mow the lawn right behind my car so enjoy you guys anyway so this particular like the last load I was on I was like okay I'm going to wait the full hour and wait you know till the dryer cycle is done to get my last load out and then put this other load you know in the dryer so I go back up there y'all somebody had touched my laundry I was livid (laughs) I don't like for people to like even when I was when I lived at home when I was a kid when I was you know living with my parents I used to have a mild full-on set heart attack anxiety attack when people would touch my laundry especially my unmentionables now to be fair the laundry that I had was um the laundry that I had was tile so it was like linen Still, though, that's linen that has to touch my body. And I almost sat there and rewatched everything, y'all. I promise you on my mama and my ancestors. I almost was like, you know what? I'm about to rewash it all because I don't know who touched these with their little grubby ass hands. I'm mad. I'm upset. But I didn't. I just started the dryer and went on about my business. And I really wanted to stay there and see who came back, y'all. Like, I was hot. (laughs) I was hot. But I did let the washer top up and walk back to my apartment so that when they came back, their clothes weren't done. I don't care. I don't care. Judge your mama. Judge your ball mama. But then, you know, after I got back to my apartment and then I felt my karma, you know, nudging at me like, listen, girl, don't be trash. Go and put that down. <sighs> I did. Against my will, strongly against my will, but I did, y'all. So I went back up there and put it down and just was like, next time, you know, let me get my things. But to be fair, it's it's six washers, y'all, okay? I was literally only using one of them. So whoever was doing laundry, because when I went up there, all the washers were occupied, which let me know that 
that was one person that was using all of them because there, there's no way all five people just went up there and was like, let me use the washer. And they were all on the same time. So you got to be a detective when you live in an apartment and you have to use the laundry facility. So I know it was the same person who was using all of the, you know, the washers at the same time. Well, y'all could have waited because you had four available or five available washers and you didn't need six. And if you saw somebody was using one of them, then you, you should have waited. Don't touch my stuff. Um, so after I got over that anxiety, my family had a dinner, which I was nervous about. I'm always nervous about family gathers, like my immediate family. First of all, it's really hard to like gather us all together and get us all on one accord. And then when it comes to potluck style, somebody is always late. And I'm never the late person. I'm either really early or right on time. But I can't be responsible for doing everything and bringing everything just because I'm the one that's on time. And don't nobody want you to make your food all in advance so it won't be fresh so that somebody can come and get it from you the day before because your ass always want to be late. So that being said, potlucks are always like cross your fingers and bury your teeth because you never know what's going to happen. But luckily, everything kind of worked out. My sister and brother-in-law hosted it and um, the kids came and, uh, you know, my, my brother-in-law and sister really know how to entertain kids. I have to take notes from them because I don't have children over to my home often because I live in a one bedroom. They live in a whole house and they have godchildren. So they have things on deck for the kids when they come over and so shout out to them because they're just they really rock it at being godparents and um aunties and uncles in general so (laughs) meanwhile the whole time they don't even have any children of their own but they got that auntie uncle thing and godparent thing down packed so all in all sunday was a good day um came home and that was that and prepared myself for the week and i'll give y'all a bonus day even though it's not a part of the weekend monday me and my homegirl, um, we had a date to talk and to kick it. Um, we, you know, just kind of been missing each other, haven't seen each other in a while. And we just was like, let's have a random ass Monday date. And you come over and we'll kick it about whatever and shoot the bubbles and shit. And y'all, let me tell you something. She made this lovely, lovely, lovely uh, charcuterie board, um, which all this time, y'all, I've been pronouncing it charcuterie board, and it's charcuterie. Um, so, shouts out to me for doing my uh, research and learning how to pronounce the things that I love. Because that board, y'all, just beautiful. Just beautiful. All the fruits and all the cheese and all the meats and all the crackers, all the spreads. And it was just two of us, and that board could have easily fed five to ten people and we tried our damnedest to eat it all alone um <laughs> we did not make it through but we did some damage and so that board was lovely and uh shout out to you nicole i just love you dearly and one thing about my friend nicole if you say nicole i want to see you she immediately whips out it's not like yeah girl i miss you too let's hang out and then like two weeks later we still trying to figure it out i could text nicole right now and be like nicole i want to see you She's texting you back like, here's my availability. Like, it's never a put-off thing, and I can appreciate that about her. I actually admire that about her, and I try to strive to be a little more like that because that's important, you know, making time for your friends. And she's a whole mommy, a whole photographer, a photographer extraordinaire, and obviously an amazing uh, charcuterie board uh, arranger, so much so that people are, like, paying her now to do them. And I'm like, oh. What a, what a uh, talent, because I don't have the time to make it pretty like that. Like, I'll have all the things, all the cheese and all the fruit, but baby, ain't nobody trying to um, 
make that board pretty like that. And she definitely has a gift for it. So that being said, that was my weekend rewind. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed all my messy and all my blessy. So now the real reason why we're all here. One queen, Beyonce, Giselle knows Carter, who not only did she come out with this particular um, deal or particular uh documentary if you will um of the homecoming which was her Beyonce her being the first black woman ever to headline Coachella which as she explained or stated in the Netflix uh special about damn time it's a shame that Coachella has been uh, around so long and she's the first black woman to headline um it's also great because it makes history for her and hopefully paves the way for uh future little bees behind her so um, that was something amazing. Um, so normally, y'all, when I do the podcast, I am for the most part winging it, and I just because I I don't want to be scripted at all. But in honor of this special, which y'all apparently is one of three, she inked the deal with Netflix, totaling in sixty million dollars, sixty million dollars. Okay, um, get the bag secure the bag queen like my god is there nothing you can't do girl get that money for sir Rumi and one blue <laughs> and um go ahead lady and secure your empire i thought that was amazing so for this y'all i had to um take notes because i didn't want to miss anything at all so let me start from the top to the bottom of how i felt about homecoming okay um first things first we're just gonna go ahead and give a shout out to the virgos that's it y'all y'all can say what y'all want about us but one thing you cannot deny is our work ethic um shout out to the hardest working virgos i know michael jackson rest in peace sir um Kobe Bryant is a Virgo uh Taraji P Henson is a Virgo Lorenz Tate is a Virgo who I'm missing a lot of people who else uh Ludacris is a Virgo and I could really just go on and on and on um about I believe Forrest Whitaker is a Virgo so you know with a lot of hard-working talented Virgos out here um and none of you will ever be able to take that away from us so that being said just the whole documentary from start to finish and I think somebody said so I know that she mentioned it took eight months to prepare for this show um eight months for a two-hour show but to be fair y'all I want I think the show is only an hour because the documentary entails her doing the Beachella performance and then also in between songs there's commentary so I think that was a full two hours because I remember watching it yeah it was like a full two hours so I don't think the actual show was a full two hours I think the actual show was only an hour so she rehearsed eight freaking months y'all eight freaking months for a one hour in essence show but a two hour documentary man listen the dedication the artistry the work ethic like you cannot deny her and that is that um so and to be fair y'all to be super super fair I am not a Beyonce stan I've actually never been a Beyonce stan 
Um, I have been and am and will always be a Destiny's Child stan. And we'll get to that in a moment because I'm going down the list. Um, One of the things I appreciated about the show was me actually having attended a HBCU, which is uh, historically black colleges and universities for people who don't know. Um, She basically turned her whole set or her show into a HBCU college battle of the bands type of experience where she had full bands she had handpicked all these people the dancers um the singers the outfits she literally they all were hand stitched not by her but uh, i'm sure she got her mama's input because we all know mama tina used to make the outfits for destiny's child and even though looking back at them whoo, they look goofy some of them but they were made with love and care and uh thoughts and uh Mama Tina didn't hold nothing back with those outfits. And so just everything was very carefully placed, picked, and just really beautiful. And just to see all those black faces up there, beautiful brown faces, and just all those people up there doing their thing, it was amazing. Um, just the the work, the, the whoo, you could tell. Like, you could tell they had been working hard for those eight months. And that also being said, you know, let me take this piece of segment right here to just really shout out my friends who are well as my uh, sister from another mother uh, Jazzy, little Jasmine um, owner of Pearl Shoebox Boutique in Chicago Um, shout out to you Jazzy Um, she um, mompreneur is the word I think she uses Um, and that's for you know the mommies who you might have your own business or even if you don't you're working uh, hard and you have a job or your full-time job may be to be a mommy and you are you know working hard every day taking care of your family you're an aunt you're a sister you're a godmother you are a friend you are a daughter you have all these things going on and you still have to find a way to keep it all together keep yourself together um get your uh jumping jacks in get your nutrition in get your kegels in girl um get your get keep yourself you know on the good foot that's a lot it's a a lot emotionally and um the transparency in which Beyonce had about the weight that she gained during her pregnancy which is you know there's nothing new we gain weight you know uh in general so definitely some people lose weight during pregnancy though um like uh super scent the makeup mogul we can call her a makeup mogul now um who started the crayon case i want to say maybe two years ago and it went like multi-millionaire uh she had a random sale one day and it sold out in within hours and and it sold over a million dollars so she just had a baby girl she has a boy already trey and then she had a baby girl leah and she lost a lot of weight and I guess, you know, she's happy about her figure, so I'm glad she is, but she lost a lot of weight due to the fact that the pregnancy was really rough for her, too. So it's not like she was kind of exercising and, like, really doing right, uh, per se, in the pregnancy. She just lost a lot of weight due to her really not being able to keep much down uh, during her pregnancy, and so that is hard. So she lost, but B, the queen, uh, gained a lot of weight, and she got up to 218 pounds, and given the type of performer she is, given the fact that Beyonce is a dancer, she moves, she's not, you know, she's not a standstill performer, 218 pounds, and I don't know how tall she is, I have to Google it for y'all at some point in life, not right now. Um, (laughs) But 
218 pounds is not optimal weight, performing weight, uh, success weight for Beyonce because her whole career is predicated upon her ability to move, her ability to wear certain things and look a certain way um, for her own, like whatever her own standards are. And, you know, kind of industry standards. She, her whole career is based on how she looks, how she takes care of herself, um, you know, how she can function like that literally is her. She is a brand, so she has to be tip-top at all times. And so it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure being... And even though, you know, she, she kind of signed up for this life, I'm sure she never thought she would be the girl, that girl, Beyonce. <laughs> but... She signed up for it. So, yeah, it is a part of her job to be fit. And she kind of knows that. But it's still a lot. It doesn't make it any easier. And thank goodness she is in a position where she has a lot of support, lots of help, lots of money. <laughs> so she has nutritionists and, and physical trainers and um, personal trainers. And she has access to things that we do not. Probably all the organic things that we've never heard of. Oprah probably sends her food from her garden so we don't have those type of uh liberties well some of us don't if it is any rich people listening to my podcast hey y'all hey um y'all if y'all want to donate to the ep (laughs) feel free don't be shy um listen email me at tiffany tuneup t-i-f-f-a-n-y uh dot com, and i will gladly send you my cash app so if i have any rich people listening y'all this y'all may not be able to relate but for the rest of us uh middle class um regular folk nine to five folk whatever the five folk uh yeah we don't have that same type of uh some of those same types of luxuries that Beyonce has so um just to watch her talk about how she had just had the twins and had to kind of get back to it because she was not standing for that performance to be mediocre at all as the first black woman to headline Coachella she wanted to make sure that she used her platform to shine a light on our culture and show people what we are all about and how we get down at HBCUs I um, didn't shout out my HBCU Alabama A&M Bulldogs on the hill go ahead (laughs) y'all even though I didn't finish there but that's the school I attended so it definitely took me back to my roots to see that um, to see the show the battle of the bands was always the highest like um even just going to the regular games and watching the band without the band ain't no game like the band keeps the game going the majorettes the dancers y'all so she did a really good job of portraying that although she herself did not attend attend college she definitely said like life was my college destiny child was my college and i learned a lot through that but she is from houston um and so she got a lot of that experience is very black in houston and she got to go to a lot of those shows so um, that is where she got that inspiration from. And so I'm super, super, you know, was excited about that. And um, so that was really, really cool. So to all my mommy friends who, you know, y'all don't feel like yourselves or y'all, you know, watching her say, you know, I didn't feel as confident or as sexy or feel like I still had it. And I can tell this pregnancy took a, a toll on her, probably took, you know, took her back a little bit. So all my mommy friends, just know that because you did give birth, because you are giver of life, because you are a woman, because you have the ability to bring forth life, it makes you that much more beautiful. And I know, you know, I can't 
change your mind about where you may be with that or you know how you feel about since you've had children or if you may be pregnant right now or whatever and you're not feeling like yourself just know that you mama are beautiful and nothing will ever change that and you're even the more beautiful um, because you you are blessing this raggedy ass world who don't deserve our beautiful brown babies and other babies alike um (laughs) ladies um you are amazing and don't you ever fucking forget it um all my mommy friends and listeners of the podcast so um I just wanted to say that really quickly um but so I appreciate that part of it um moving forward uh one of the parts that cracks me up or anytime I see Beyonce and Jay-Z perform together it's always funny to me because somehow some way and just maybe to me I don't know y'all can go like YouTube some of her performances and watch anytime they perform together it's like he throw her off just a little and by throw her off I don't necessarily mean like she messes up or anything but like her focus is definitely on him and she is definitely in love with that man like she's so in love with that man but y'all know I've said it before he's a Sagittarius and well Oh, Sagittarius just love them some fucking Virgos. And unfortunately or fortunately, depending on if you with one and it's working out, probably not Virgo. Virgo, if you with a Sagittarius, I don't care what you say. Y'all know it ain't working out, but y'all gonna try to stick it out because it's really fun to be with a Sag. Sagittarius are fun, but that about it though. They're fun and um, they... Virgos, we are very routine. We are very hardworking. Sometimes we can get very caught up in that. Even there was a part part where Beyonce said she had pushed herself to a limit that she does not anticipate pushing herself ever again. And we do that. We tend to do that. And the Sag is good with shaking that up and kind of forcing you to have a little fun and not take life so seriously. So I can see why (laughs) when he comes out there um, during one of her sets, she's like, Woo, Bay is here. Because... You know, it probably knocks the edge off for her a little bit, and it's always fun to see. So if you're ever watching a, um, you know, a performance with those two, kind of pay attention and see if you notice what I notice. So there's that, right? So while y'all were losing it from the very beginning of the documentary, I did not absolutely lose my shit until Destiny's Child came out. As I mentioned, I am a stand, stand, stand for the girls, honey. Oh my God, because myself as a girl group uh, connoisseur, <laughs> a girl group, uh, I have been in several girl, girl groups in all my life. Uh, couldn't even tell you the names of all of them, but the, definitely one that was near and dear to my heart was Narabi, which was one of the last girl groups I was in. So shout out to uh, Idea and uh, Dila, who it was three of us and we were in a girl group together. And we, you know, went our separate ways, but we're still friends. Um, we still talk, you know, when we can. And so it didn't really rupture our friendship per se at least not to my knowledge um and so we still kick it and um so I have a love for girl groups in general and Destiny's Child to me and to a lot of people are arguably one of the greatest girl groups of all time so anytime they can get together like I was feeling away like when they did their last destiny fulfilled i was like oh god no like i was so sad because that was just such an amazing group like their harmonies everything about it even with all their ups downs turns new members non-members i just have a love for harmony and girl groups in general so when they came out that's when i really started having a good time because i mean huh it was just so good y'all so I'm I'm gonna stand for the destiny child not for the Beyonce per se by herself um one of my other favorite parts was when Solange came out and 
I just love Solange and Beyonce's relationship. And I know they probably argue on the side. And what siblings do is just what they do. Um, Solange is definitely a cancer. And my little sister is a cancer. And me being a Virgo, I just feel like our relationship is super reminiscent to Solange and Beyonce's. In which we are both busy. You know, sometimes I struggle with dealing with... Um, the distance that is between us kind of now with our careers and the things we have going on Um, but when we do get together I try to relish those moments and have a great time and appreciate when I do get to be with her and just anytime they get together and she invites her on the stage I just love it because they just have such a a great great time and I love watching um, how they interact with each other and the love that they have for each other and the way they support each other um, I just think it's great I think it's amazing um, and so that was one of my favorite parts as well um, of the homecoming but overall I just think it was a great uh, production I can't wait to see whatever the other two um, uh, deals that she has with Netflix I could I don't know you know she stays surprising us but my favorite part about the whole entire thing is that she released a whole live album from the homecoming uh, performance of the uh, Coachella performance so she released a whole live album of songs that we already know and love songs that have already come out and y'all still went and bought it anyway <laughs> we still went and streamed it anyway y'all did Beyonce well, no, she is the queen of, of marketing if y'all don't respect her for nothing else even if you don't like her per se or her music you cannot deny her work ethic you cannot deny her hustle and you cannot deny her marketing like the fact that she hit y'all over the head like look y'all done heard all these songs before but you've not heard them this way you've not heard them with a huge live band and you know you have not heard it HBCU style so y'all can go ahead and go buy that and release new merchandise as well I believe and then hit us over the head with a remake of Frankie Beverly and Maze for y'all millennial kids who don't know who that is no Beyonce did not make Before I Let Go that is not her song it is a remake but if you've ever been to any black family function and you have not heard whoa whoa mm-mm, hey mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. y'all know what that song is you make me happy you've heard that so you've heard that at auntie's house and grand granny's house you've heard that while somebody was on the grill you've seen people ballrooming to that doing the hustle to that so no it's not beyonce's song so if you need to help jogging your memory it's a remake however she would put her little spin on it it sounds like she did like a nola bounce uh rendition of it and well you know what i hate remakes in general I do I do not like remakes they have to be really good for me to be like oh I can appreciate this but Beyonce was like y'all gonna get this remake y'all are going to love it and also nobody is going to check me who's going to check me absolutely none of you guys that being said y'all she done put a whole dance at the end like work the right work the left Work the middle till it hurt the middle. I'll slide to right, slide to left before y'all uh, beehive get in my mentions and comments and start trying to correct me on the lyrics. I haven't got deep into it, but basically y'all done started a whole challenge, <laughs> a whole uh, before I let go challenge. And there are hundreds, I'm sure thousands at this point of videos of y'all girls dancing to um, 
that version of Before I Let Go, which is good. You know, she's singing her little face off. I like it. So as far as remakes go, B, you did your thing. Can't even be mad at you. Y'all videos are cute. All these dances are so cute. I'm going to go through the hashtag, the Before I Let Go challenge, and just see what I can see. But y'all don't make a challenge out of anything real quick. Y'all so quick. How do y'all do that? Like, <laughs> it just came out last week. Y'all just started a whole challenge, and it's infectious. And so I would say overall... You know, just given some of the stress that we going through, some of the, the, the hard times and the bad times that we're going through and some in the state of some of the things we got going on, y'all, I can't really be too mad about this documentary. I think it's great. I think anything that can add more light and love and make people happy and smile and, and get us dancing and moving and motivated, um, because that was really a big thing for me. I, I wanted to watch it especially after I had gone ahead and dropped them coins on that studio time because I wanted to just reaffirm to myself that there's a reason I'm doing all this. There's a reason why I'm doing it now. There's a reason why I feel so compelled to get this project done and not to waver about it and not to second guess it and get some motivation. And I can definitely say that homecoming motivated me. So I hope you guys have seen it. Um, if you haven't, whoops for you. I, you know, I'll make sure I put in the uh, title spoiler alert before you listen uh, <laughs> so that you won't get your feelings hurt if you haven't seen it. But um, let me know what you guys think. If you enjoyed it, what were your favorite parts of it? Her hair was good, y'all. Outfits was good. That hair was good. Both sets of, because she did it twice. I think she did headline twice and she changed her hair. The outfits were the same, but they were different colors. And one, her hair was down and it was like a curly weave and then the other one it was up in like a pony and baby it was laid and she just really everything about it was good so um let me know what you guys think tell me your thoughts obviously i love to hear them um if you want advice if you have questions comments concerns y'all know where to hit me up tiffany tune up t-i-f-f-a-n-y-t-u-n-e-u-p at gmail.com i will see you guys next week love you peace, all those things. We'll talk soon.